0: Hello all, welcome to The Manly Catholic. This is the readings and the homily from Father Dominic from May 17th, so it'll be Wednesday of the sixth week of Easter. And I thought I'd actually give you the readings to give you a little background. He, he gives the homily, so I will not, I'm sorry, he gives the gospel readings, so I will not do the gospel, but I will do the reading uh, for the day and also the psalm to kind of give context to the whole scheme of things. So, reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After Paul's escorts had taken him to Athens, they came away with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. Then Paul stood up at the Areopagus and said, You Athenians, I see that in every aspect you are very religious. For as I walked around looking carefully at your shrines, I even discovered an altar inscribed to an unknown god. What therefore you unknowingly worship, I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and all that is in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in sanctuaries made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands because he needs anything. Rather, it is he who gives to everyone life and breath and everything. He made from one the whole human race to dwell on the entire surface of the earth, and he fixed the ordered seasons and the boundaries of their regions so that people might seek God, even perhaps grope for him and find him. Though indeed he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since, therefore, we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divinity is like an image fashioned from gold, silver, or stone by human art and imagination. God has overlooked the times of ignorance, but now he demands that all people everywhere repent because he has established a day on which he will judge the world with justice through a man he has appointed. And he has provided a confirmation for all by raising him from the dead. When they heard about resurrection of the dead, some began to scoff. But others said, we should like to hear you on this some other time. And so Paul left them. But some did join him and became believers. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the court of the Areopagus, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. After this, he left Athens and went to Corinth. The word of the Lord. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 148. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all you his angels. Praise him, all you his hosts. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Let the kings of the earth and all peoples, the princes and all the judges of the earth, young men too, and maidens, old men and boys, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. He has lifted up the horn of his people. Be this his praise from all his faithful ones, from the children of Israel, the people close to him. Alleluia. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. And now we will transition to the gospel reading from Father Dominic and his homily.
1: Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the father has is mine. For this reason I told you, that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, there are a few remarkable things in our first reading from Acts of the Apostles. St. Paul finds himself in Athens, modern-day Greece. And that's a very interesting thing to think about. Paul continues to journey north, further and further into pagan territory. And what makes this so interesting is that Athens is outside Asia Minor. That's where St. Paul has been. He's been trying to proclaim the gospel. He's been setting up churches. He's ordaining priests. He keeps moving further and further north, out of Asia Minor, enters into Athens where the Holy Spirit is bringing him. And this enters into something, this ushers into something very interesting and very important. Now Paul is bringing the gospel into Europe. Christianity is being brought to Europe. And it is from Europe that Christianity will be brought to what? The rest of the world. And so when we hear from our first reading, after Paul's escorts had taken to Athens, stop and think about that. That's huge. Paul is entering into a new era, a new way of bringing the gospel into a new area, into Europe. And Athens is just no regular city, like you just kind of waltz into Rockford. (laughs) Athens has major historical significance of religions, wisdom, of philosophy, of governance. The birthplace of what? Democracy, something new where civilians have the right to vote on laws. The birthplace of philosophy, right? The love of wisdom. Right? This is the area where we have Socrates and Plato long before. Even longer before that, we had the pre Socratics, Heraclides, Anaximander. You know, these names probably are foreign to you, but. These give birth to music and mathematics. Right? There's an important occurrence that happened in this area. It's called the Axle Age. Look it up. There was this birth of philosophical thought that gave, birth, that gave way in this area of the Mediterranean, most specifically Greece, most specifically Athens. And so here we have Paul bringing something that they've never heard before, the resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ, one God, not many The only God, the God that trumps their gods. And as we dig deeper into our reading, the next most beautiful thing is that Paul gives his longest sermon in all the epistles, his longest discourse. This is his sermon, his sermon of all sermons. Read it again and put your mindset into this is a homily given by a great bishop. St. Paul is just not some dude cruising the area, this is a bishop. This is a good bishop. This is the model of what bishops should be, shouldn't they? How many times does St. Paul get beat <laughs> for proclaiming the message? And did he stop? No, he kept going and going and going. And he didn't stop because he was powered by the Holy Spirit. That's a good bishop. We need bishops like that today, don't we? And you proclaim the good news all the way to the end. You'd think that he bore much fruit, and he did, but in his time, he probably didn't see much. In our reading today from Acts of the Apostles, we see that after proclaiming his sermon to those in the Are- Areopagus, which was this place of law and, and, and judicial regulation, a place of, of court, and he's amidst powerful minds, and he proclaims Jesus, and they kind of scoff at him, especially when he talks about the re- resurrection. So they do say, we'd like to hear more of this from you. Imagine how nervous he would be. He knows where he's going. He knows this is a very powerful place. And he proclaims the message boldly, and he only gets two converts. Who are they? Dionysius and Demarius. He gets two converts, and then we know that after this, Paul continues to move on in his journey of proclaiming the gospel. St. Paul, as I said, is, is, my, is my favorite saint. I look up to him. I encourage you to read his sermon once again. And as you do, let us today pray for our bishops. I think that may be a good thing to do for our mass today. Pray for our bishops that they too may model the courage, devotion, dedication, and the zeal that St. Paul had.
0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.